You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 156. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. so excited about today's podcast because I am interviewing a woman who absolutely inspires me and I know she's going to inspire you. She is a woman married to someone quite famous and I would say if he's a great man, she's the great woman behind the man because let's face it, behind every great man, there is an even greater woman. Am I right? Well, I'm certain of that in this situation, and I'm so excited because she honestly represents so many positive things in my eyes in terms of health, fitness, keeping the family together, and always keeping it positive. Things I think she've learned a few from her husband. Now, who is her husband before I describe her? Her husband is Sir Mo Farah. He is an Olympic athlete. He is a multiple Olympic world and European champion, and they say he's UK's greatest ever athlete. In summer 2017, Mo retired from the track with an impeccable record, 10 gold medals to his name at successive world championships and Olympic games. He was the first athlete to win three long distance doubles at successive world championship and Olympic games. Now, Mo has since set his focus on achieving success in road races. He is now marathon running. And let me tell you, he won Chicago Marathon last year, and I'm pretty excited about the fact that he's coming back, and I hope to see him do it again. Now, I won't actually get to see him cross the finish line because I'll be way behind him this week coming up, but we are excited for Mo as he takes on Chicago Marathon again. So he's pretty awesome, right? Well, as I said, behind every great man, there is a greater woman. Sorry, Mo, but I bet he would agree that Tanya Farah, his wife, is holding it together from all ends, and she's doing a pretty impressive job with all of it. She inspires me not only because she's a mom of four, which in itself is like a marathon, am I right? But as she says, she's sort of on that treadmill of life. She's doing it all. She doesn't have a nanny. She doesn't have family helping her. And Mo is gone for months and months at a time. But guess what? She's doing it. And I'm excited to share with you all of her tips and tricks and tell you what she's doing each and every day with her kids, with her fitness, with her health, while supporting her Olympic athlete husband. Here we go. All right, I'm so excited about our guest today, everybody. We have Tanya Farah on the podcast. Tanya, welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. And I just have to tell you a really funny story before we get started. My son is 17, and he is a, he's a runner. He's a cross-country uh-huh. runner. Um, yeah. Let's put it this way. At 13 years old, he ran a, an hour 31 half marathon. Wow. So, he's, fa- he's fairly fast. <laughs> Um, But let me tell you, I have done a lot of things to try to impress this kid. I I do marathons, I do Ironmans, I've been on TV, radio, and nothing impresses this kid. But two weeks ago, I walked out of my office and said, I'm going to interview Tanya Farah on the podcast. Well, that impressed him more than anything I've ever done. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm so touched. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, he's a he's a huge Mo Farah fan. And um, he also has a couple friends, Evan and Taylor, who are huge, not only Mo Farah fans, but Taylor's a huge Tanya Farah fan as well. Oh, I'm so touched. Whenever I hear stuff like that, it really does touch me because I'm not used to it. Obviously, Mo's, Mo's the star of the family. And so whenever I hear stuff like that, it really does touch me. Yes. Well, you have touched our family, apparently, because he, <laughs> he I have finally impressed him. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. So again, thank you so much for being on the show. Now, tell everybody a little bit um, about you, your younger years. Where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in a, a small little town called Feltham in West London, um, the same as Mo. We both grew up in the sort of same neighborhood, and um, that's where I began sort of my my sport days, if you like, at school and outside of school as well, at the local running club. Okay, great. And did you have any, do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have a, I'm the youngest of three. I have an older brother and an older sister. All right. And what sports did you do growing up? Wow, I did everything. I'd say swimming was my my probably number one sport. I was quite a serious swimmer. I did it um, six days a week, even compete, uh, training in the morning before school and then again after school in the afternoon. So that was probably what dominated my time for sport. But I also did things like badminton, uh, running, of course, at the local running club, um, anything really, biking. I'd get on my bike after school pretty much every day. Um, so anything I could do to keep physical, really, it just I just loved doing sport. Everything that I could do, I would do it. That's awesome. So, and I know you're running now, and if you used to be a swimmer, have you ever done any triathlons? I haven't, no, but I've been saying for about two years now that I'd love to have a go at one. Um, probably not the full Ironman, but the, the sort of the half. Yes. That does appeal to me a lot because I am a strong swimmer still, and I'm not bad at running. So I feel like I should do one at some point soon. I just haven't committed to it yet. I think you totally should. You know, I didn't start doing triathlons until about five or six years ago and I started with the smallest distance is a sprint and then uh -huh. there's the Olympic distance and then there's the half Ironman then the Ironman so I sort of built built my way up and the fact that you were a swimmer as a kid those are some of the best triathletes out there it's it's much harder for like I had never swam as a kid I mean I knew how to swim but I wasn't a swimmer so if you have that background what I'm thinking Tanya is this will be the sport you beat Mo at <laughs> Do you know what? I, I definitely think I have a good shot because he's terrible at swimming and cycling. <laughs> okay. so I definitely have two advantages there. So he would have a lot to make up on the run part. But I, I would be tempted to, to compete against him at that just out of curiosity. Okay. I think that you guys should definitely put that one in the books. <laughs> I, I think we would all like to see you take him out in that one. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Now, in college, what did you study? I didn't actually go to college. I went straight from school to work. I, um, oh. I, I started a college. I was enrolled in a college. Um, and here in the UK, college is different um, to the US in that it's, uh, it's, it's, too, it's the interim further education that you go through before university. And so it's only usually two to three years. Oh. And I was enrolled to do that like all of my friends. And I, I started. I just thought, this is not for me. I, I, I wanted to go out and work um, and, and sort of build myself from that and be independent. And that's exactly what I did. So I didn't go to college. And what, were, what did you do for work? I did everything. So my first job actually was in Burger King. And uh, I was 16. And as soon as I got my worker's permit, uh, well, you guys would call it a worker's permit. In the UK, we call it a national insurance, which is a tax ID that enables you to work. And it was the same week that I received that, that I went out and I applied for a job in both Burger King and the local restaurant 
as a hostess and I got both jobs and so I was working two jobs from the age of 16 and then I went on to work as an admin assistant in the local county court. Um, I was a lifeguard for a bit. I worked in an opticians. I did a bit of everything really wow. for a few years and I was, I was super independent. I was just a grafter. I was always a grafter from a very young age and so I always wanted to, to have uh, the independence to stand on my own two feet financially, physically and, and so I went out and I did that. Good for you. That's fantastic. And then when did you meet Mo? Well, we went to school together. So I met Mo when I was 11 and he oh. was 14. He was three, three years older than me. So we weren't in the same classes, but we would see each other every day at school. Wow. And did he run since he was a little? little? Yeah. So I've, I, as long as I've known Mo, he's been a runner. And I knew Mo shortly after he arrived in the UK. And even you know at that young age, not speaking great English, he was already running because it was obvious, I think, to everyone that this, this kid had talent. Huh. Awesome. Did you ever run with him back then? A bit, but I was more of a sprinter. I didn't go really much further than 800 meters. Okay. Um, so I would occasionally, when we did like the warm-up runs and stuff, that's when I would maybe run with him. But he was too fast for everyone, to be honest. I'd never keep up. Oh, <laughs> even, when he, <laughs> even when he was young. That's how I felt when, when my son ran at that at first his first half marathon at 13. I was so excited because I thought, well, I finally get to do this sport with my child. And I was yeah. so excited. And then he took off <laughs> at, the start, <laughs> at the start line. And I thought, well, he's never going to be able to hold that pace. You know, I'll catch up with him in a few miles. And I never saw him again. <laughs> and yeah. I've never been able to run with him. And I'm sure you, uh, you could feel that pain with Mo. Uh, you know, obviously, you might not ever run with him unless, it, you know, he's on a recovery day. Exactly. Or he's just going slow for me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, when, how old were you when you guys got married? Uh, I was 23, and he was 26. And how many kids do you have? We have four. How old are they? The eldest is 14. Um, we have twins that are seven, just turned seven, and the youngest is uh, three, about to turn four. Wow, amazing. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine, first of all, having twins. Uh, <laughs> what is that like, having twins and then having four kids? The twins actually, um, they're, they're not as difficult as, as one might expect them to be. They, it definitely was a challenge when they were first born. That first year or two was, was tough because, you know, you've got two newborns and um, all the demands that, you know, having one newborn is tough. So, so to, to double that yeah. was challenging, definitely. We didn't get a lot of sleep in that first year. <laughs> but now it's amazing because they're at an age where they're very um, self-sufficient, um, quite independent. You know, girls usually are at that sort of age. And they get along really well. So it, what's nice is that I always hear them playing and laughing together. So I, they've got that sort of um, at-home play, playmate. And um, they've always got a friend, basically. And they, they share everything together. So... I kind of love that that twin dynamic, even though it does have its challenges. I just, yeah, I love it. And um, having four kids, definitely that's a challenge. I, I say all the time, it's it's pushed me to within an inch of my life, I would say, times, <laughs> especially when Mo's away. Um, it's tough because it's not just the physical demands of being on my own. It's the emotional needs that, you know, they, they miss dad a lot when he's away, as do I. And so we're all sort of feeling that. And I've got to, try to to be that strong support for them emotionally which I find tough because I'm going through the same thing and there's four of them and they all have very specific needs but you know that's what makes us that's what makes everything so worthwhile when Mo does well and all the medals he's collected over the years it's just it's made 
all of those sacrifices much more worthwhile when when it pays off yeah and and it is it is a sacrifice and and i don't think people even realize can you tell us a little like how how long is mo sometimes gone for at a time well on average he's uh, typically for the last 10 years he's been gone for about six months of the year and it used to be when he was running track that used to be broken up a lot more into about three trips a year mm-hmm. whereas now since he started the marathon a couple of years ago it's been two chunks of um trip, trips away three months each so i think it's it's actually gotten a lot harder in recent years because i find the longer periods away just much tougher to get through and the kids especially it's a lot of transition when he comes and goes three months away is a long time so when he comes home it's we almost don't know what to do with this. Yeah. With dad, dad around now, it feels, it just feels really different. Um, so I think that that's for me, there's so many challenges with him being away. I don't know where to begin, to be honest, Jake, just the day to day, uh, getting through the routine with the kids, taking them to school. My eldest just recently joined a competitive rowing team and she's training six days a week, most of which are very early in the morning. So I've got to juggle that and the other three kids and birthday parties and play dates and, homework and all you know all the other stuff that comes with it and of course kids want my time and they want me to snuggle with them and play with them and and I love doing all of that but of course I've got to try and be mindful of dividing it equally amongst the four of them so they don't feel left out and those are things that dad doesn't doesn't really see mm-hmm. um so yeah it's gosh it's it's there's a whole ball of of sacrifice wrapped up in that mm-hmm. and my husband's a pilot so I get it a little bit, but he's only gone like at the most two weeks at a time. But I, I have that same feeling that sometimes when he comes home, it's it's like, OK, well, this is our schedule. <laughs> uh, you know, where, I'm not sure where you fit in today, <laughs> um, but by no means has he ever been gone for months at a time. So I can't really imagine that sort of like being a military wife when, when your husband goes away and comes back and definitely very hard. What what is sort of a typical day in the life of Tanya? Well, at the moment, I would say um, if we're looking at while the kids are in school, I would be getting up at about five thirty six, um, getting the kids ready for school, heading off to school. Um, we leave the house at about eight. I get them to school, and I usually on the way back home, I get them into school by nine, quarter to nine, um, and then I'll run some errands for a couple of hours, doing whatever I need to do on the way back home. Um, and I'll spend whatever time I've got at home getting emails done. T- I mean, we just moved house uh, three months ago and we've still got half of our lives in boxes. And that's another thing that's just weighing me down, I would say, because we we moved house while Mo was away as well. Oh, so I wouldn't the whole house move on my own. And I'm still, I'm still trying to, we're still settling in basically. So um, ongoing projects there constantly with just sorting out the house Um I've always got kids-related uh, things to it. So today, my one of my tasks was writing out birthday invitations for oh. my son's birthday coming up in a few weeks. And there's always, you know, things to be done during the day. So my day is pretty much eaten up with tasks and things that obviously Mo's not around to deal with. You know, I, I basically do everything when he's gone, even sure. when he's around. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the day. And then I'll pick them up in the afternoon, bring them home, get dinner, bath, homework, bedtime. Oh. And pretty much do that every day so it's like I'm on a on a treadmill of life yeah <laughs> I'm exhausted <laughs> yeah and I mean I figured that had to be it first of all even if you had one kid and you did it alone but much less four and not having someone to sort of help out or just even be there for the the emotional part of the exhaustion sometimes I know 
that's probably crazy hard. So let me ask you this. I know that I believe it's been more recent that you've been getting back into running. How do you find the time and when, when do you even get your workouts in? Well, it definitely is. It's a challenge finding the time, especially consistently. But um, what I've, I've been able to do is to get myself into quite a habit. Um, so now it's become such a habit that I've, I've, I feel something's missing if I don't run for more than a day. But um, what, what helps me is that I've got a treadmill at home, so really no excuse. And I try to sort of in my head, either the night before or in the morning, tell myself, okay, this is roughly what time I'm going to try and run. So I think I set the time aside in my head before the day really begins. And then I'm quite a committed person once I've, once I've sort of decided something in my mind, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's pretty much what I, I'm quite a disciplined person anyway. So it doesn't take me an awful lot to get it done. It's just, it's just finding that, you know, 20 minutes to an hour, however long my run is going to be to get on the treadmill. And luckily for me, you know, I don't have to leave the house to do that. So mm-hmm. Quite often I find that I, I get on the treadmill when the kids have gone to bed you know, or I'll do it when they're at school. So I'll find the time. It is difficult. But I think if you really want to, you can, you can find it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can find the time, <laughs> all people, then I'm telling all the moms who are listening, you see, this woman is alone with her four kids. Everybody can find the time. As you said, if it's important to you, you can find the time. Um, yeah. So I think that's awesome. Now, Recently, you've done a couple of races. You just you just ran the Great Northern Race. Tell it how how is it training for a half marathon? Because that's I mean that's definitely some some time you have to put in to train for that. Yeah, no, it's tough. I think training for any race is tough, and um, the half marathon was one that I picked because it, it a couple of years ago I decided I wanted a challenge. Um, I'd never done any long distance running, and so I decided half marathon would be realistic. Um, I, I felt like the marathon was a bit too far for me, so the half just just was nice distance and um uh, having done it two years uh, what, three years ago for the first time um I, I went into that training very naive not knowing what to expect and just kind of ready to take on whatever it took and um I, I told myself I was going to do it once and then maybe never again and I actually enjoyed it far more than I thought I would and um, what I enjoyed the most was not so much the training but what I was getting out of it I could see physically uh week to week how much stronger and better I was getting just because I was working hard at it. It was really simple. It was just the harder you work, the better you get. So um, this year round, I knew that what it took to get the, the training done, but I didn't quite have enough time. I think I had two and a half months before the Great North Run. And I spoke to Mo and said, look, I, I don't think I'm going to do it this year. There's no way I'm going to get to my, my peak shape in two and a half months, having not run at all for the last year. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I think you can do it. I mean, we start now and you, you really stick to it, stick to a plan. We can do it. So I said, okay, let's, let's go. And um, we gave me a training plan. It was a really hardcore training plan. But um, I, I set about that challenge knowing that it was realistic if I had worked hard enough. And so I think that's what motivated me, knowing that it was within reaching distance. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed um, the progress to get there because week on week I was getting faster and faster and and I just knew I think about a month into it that I was going to hit my target if not beat it um, and actually if I'm honest I was I felt like the time I got was was not the best reflection of my my fitness where I was at the time I felt like I could have gone a bit faster but um, if anything that's motivated me to keep going now. Now what was your target and tell everyone what you did race in? 
my my target was one hour forty four minutes fifty nine seconds, which <laughs> the time I got the previous year. Um, whereas, and so initially my target was just to beat that. Towards the end of my training, I felt more confident that I could get close to one hour forty minutes. Um, whereas I ended up finishing in one hour forty two thirty seven. So it was a good two and a half minute personal best, which I was very happy with. But I couldn't help but feel like I could have done a bit better. So <laughs> I, I left that race feeling motivated to go again, whereas I'd never had that feeling before, which was interesting. So you definitely have the bug for it then. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually a really impressive time. I've been running for a long time now, and uh, I train very hard all the time, and my best so far is a 147. So you've already got me beat, Tanya. <laughs> well, that's still really impressive because, you know, when I first started running in general, the target for me always was two hours for the half marathon because that's always the good, a good benchmark. And so anything under two hours is impressive. I mean, <laughs> anyone who can just run it. So yeah, no, one forty seven is good. Well, I, now now I'm going to be try to chase you down. Uh, one forty two, <laughs> I definitely take it. Now you had said um, so. Mo gives you your trainings. Yeah, that's pretty awesome to be uh, to get your trainings from a, an Olympian. It is, but at the same time, I think there's this, there's quite a bridge. I mean, there's a gap between our our um, abilities, and sometimes I feel like he'll give me things that are a bit beyond my capability and so we'll have a chat I mean I feel like he's also you know he's never been a, a coach to anyone before so he's also learning a little bit about what it's like to be on the other side of the fence and, and not be the athlete and be the coach um, but so far it's worked great I mean he understands the sport obviously better than most and so what he's given me is not just the, the training session but the the mental side of it as well which has helped me a lot yeah, I can imagine. I mean, they always say that running is so mental. I feel like to me, that's what I'm missing the most is the mental, the mental help. So I can't even imagine the mental help that he can provide, you know, and for an Olympian who, I mean, let's face it, he goes and suffers through some serious pain to do what he does. And so he obviously has mastered a lot of that mental part. So what is, what is one mental thing that he has told you that perhaps helped you in that half marathon? I think um, his number one um, advantage that he has that, that he's able to sort of try and coach me on is his ability to not let things uh, bother him so much, whether it be um, a bad training session or a bad run or something that's all, you know, something unexpected happens in the race. His ability to deal with the unexpected, I think, and to stay positive. Hmm. I mean, I'll have a bad training session or something will quite, won't quite go my way and I just get on the phone to him and I immediately feel better hearing what he has to say. I mean, he, I think he just advises me not to take it too seriously sometimes. Yeah. In fact, all yeah. the time, not to take the sessions too seriously, not to take, you know, just obviously enjoy it and, and work hard, but to know that it's not always going to be great. It's not always going to be perfect. So I think hearing that, because we, we always tend to have a tendency to beat ourselves up and question things when things don't go our way. And he's got this amazing ability to just not question it and just, just deal with it. It is what it is. And he'll move on and he'll, he'll come back stronger. And I mean, I don't, I'm not as good at him at doing that, of course, but just watching him do that and listening to his advice on just the positivity has helped me a lot, really does. Wow, I, that's awesome. I, I think when I hear about athletes or people even who overcome illness or things like that, it always seems like the ones who are successful are the people who are so positive. And, yeah. and yeah, and they can really just, that is what drives them. And, 
And that in itself is a gift. I don't know. It sounds like you're probably a little more like me. It's like, it's harder to buy into that all the time. You, you <laughs> yeah. know, so it's a little easier for me to be like, well, I just had a really terrible training session. Like, what does that mean for my marathon next week? It, but, <laughs> but you need a mo in the background. Now I'm going to have a little yeah. mo in the background telling me, let it go and, yeah. you know, stay positive. Cause I do think again, it's that mental edge that helps. And I think I read somewhere, does he also help you with your nutrition? Like he, he stays on you to get your protein in. Yeah, so he um, uh, just get, tells me when and, and what protein to have. Just little simple like protein shakes and protein bars right after the sessions, which I never used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm, you know, after any hard session or long run, I'll, I'll immediately have the protein shake and the, yeah. and the bar. So I'm sure it's helping. Yeah, because you definitely, you need that protein for recovery. So I think it's great he's helped you. Now, along those same lines, do you cook every night for your family? What's, what's nutrition like for the Farah house? I do cook a lot. Yeah, I like to cook and um, I cook quite simple stuff. I mean, I love protein meats, uh, chicken, beef, lamb um, and fish. So I'm definitely a big uh, meat lover and protein lover and, and my kids are as well. So we tend to mix it up between, you know, chicken, beef, rice, pasta, pretty simple stuff, but well balanced um, between the, the protein and the carbs and the vegetables. Um, probably don't eat as much vegetables as I should. Um, I'd like to think that we eat fairly healthily and and it doesn't really change when Mo's home. I'd say we, you know, we eat the same when he's around. It's just um, we, we try to avoid the, the fried, oily sort of foods. Right. Okay. And do you have any help at home? Do you have a nannies or do you have family around who helps you? I've, I've just recently got a part-time nanny who's helping me on the weekends because of my daughter's rowing. And yeah. so we've got help now, albeit just on the part-time basis. But really up until very recently, we'd, we've had no help. And so... It has been a juggling act with with everything, wow. hence why we decided that we need we need to get some help well, at least while Mo's away. Right. But um, other than that, no, it's just me. Wow, even more amazing, Tanya. <laughs> do your kids run, or do they have any interest in running yet? Uh, not really, not on a serious level. They, my my eldest is into rowing, as mentioned, and right. she's that's sort of her her main thing. In fact, she hates running. Um, <laughs> And of the, the, the younger three, I'd say only one, one of the twins is showing signs of potentially um, being interested in sort of longer distance running. She has a bit of endurance. The other two, not so much. So it's difficult to say really at this stage. And we've always said to the kids that, you know, if they want to run, then obviously we'd be delighted and would support them in that. And if they didn't want to run, then that's fine as well. What, what we want is for them to do what they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would obviously be much better at that. So it's hard to say, um, but we would be happy either way as long as they're as long as they're happy, really. Right. If they find a sport that they enjoy, yeah. I think it's always hard when there's a parent who's you know obviously an extreme athlete in a particular sport. Everybody sort of expects that you know one of the kids then will, will be a runner. And honestly, you, I feel that you're, you're a fairly gifted runner too, if you're already running those paces. So I would, I would think that your kids have, have a shot at being a great runner. But, but like you said, I think because the expectation is always there for yes. them to do that. And I don't know how conscious they are of that, but yeah. it almost makes me wonder if they might go the opposite way just because of it, you know? Absolutely. And that would be fine for sure. 
Yeah, either way would be fine. But I have to say, it would be nice if at least one of them took up running. <laughs> right, I'm sure. I'm sure Mo would like that a little bit. <laughs> you know, but hey, they might be Ironman athletes. You know, they might <laughs> they might combine all the the athletic abilities you both have and surprise oh. you both. <laughs> Were they at the Great North Run when you ran it? No, they weren't sadly because it's quite far from where we live. It's about. I mean, you have to you really take a, a, a either a five hour train ride oh, or a flight. Okay. But um, also because the, the the way the race is set up, they wouldn't have been able to see much. Yeah. So it felt bit more beneficial for them to watch it on TV where they would have seen at least dad running the whole race rather than just him crossing the line and a yeah. few seconds at the end. So they didn't come to that. But they are very keen to watch at least one of us. Well, they've seen dad race, but they want to watch me, me race. And so I'm trying to find a race locally that has a few laps of the course that they can stand and watch me run by on. Yes, for sure. Are they going to come to Chicago for the marathon? No, they're not, unfortunately, because they've got school. They um, school. Yeah, it's just too too much to bring all four of them. Yeah. Do they Do they all, I mean, obviously your your oldest daughter probably fully understands, but do they understand the level that Mo is at? Yes, I think um, definitely now um, the, the twins are, are more conscious of it. Our youngest, uh, the three-year-old, he's aware of, of dad uh, being on TV and, and seeing his face in, in places, oh, yeah. but I don't think he's fully got the gravity of it um, yeah. Yeah. yet. He probably will in a couple of years. Yeah. And yeah. When, when you're with Mo and you guys walk around in public, is, is he recognized quite a bit? Yes, all the time. All the time. So, so the kids probably, I mean, do they like that? Does that make, you know, is it fun for them or does that get old for them? I think to them it's just become such a normal thing they don't notice it as much now yeah. because it really is everywhere we go so it's not and it's been like that since they were born at least for the for the twins for for our eldest um she was 7 when it all sort of rapidly changed overnight with the olympics but um because it's been like that for quite a while now we we're, we're so used to it that it doesn't become it can become a pain it, there are times when it can be a pain obviously it depends on where you are and what you're doing, but in general, we're quite used to it. So um, they don't really notice it as much anymore. Yeah, and I could be wrong when I say this, but I feel like where you live, and I could be wrong, but maybe the general public is a little more respectful. Here in America, I feel like there's so much disrespect for some of our famous athletes and actresses, you know, like that people just bombard you, but do you feel like people are pretty kind about it where you live? Yeah, no, people are really complimentary. I think it's just, it can be overwhelming because it, it happens a lot and sometimes there can be a lot of people at the same time. But yeah, otherwise, yeah. It's, it's always really positive. It's usually people that want to shake his hand and take a selfie and just tell him how much they're a fan and that they've oh, watched his yeah. races. It's usually the same kind of thing. And it's so nice to see because you see it in all ages, all walks of life, young and old, people that really are, that look up to him and what he's achieved. And, and that's always nice to see. Um, but I think it's just, yeah, like I said, it can sometimes get a little bit overwhelming. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's times that, you know, it depends on the day and the time when it might happen. Um, yeah. now I know that Mo, he's obviously accomplished some incredible things, but unfortunately when you're in the limelight, sometimes negative things happen as well. Um, especially in the last year or so, some, some negative talk happened with Mo and do the kids hear any of that or how do you protect them from those kind of things? Well, they don't really, thankfully, they're not really exposed to the media much and things like that. And so they don't really um, tend to hear a lot of it. Occasionally they might do. And, and, you know, there might be times when 
when we'll, you know, my eldest is really the only one that it's relevant to because she's at an age where she can understand things. And so um, we'll, we'll always be open and honest with, with our kids and, and our teenager especially. So we'll, we'll address anything that needs addressing. But also at the same time, we're quite, um, we're quite a close family and we'd like to focus on the positives and the fact that Mo's away half of our lives. Mm-hmm. I think we, we try to, as a family, focus on um, you know the, the the positive side when when Mo's back and he's home and just being a happy family really. So we're quite lucky in that we're we're resilient and we're able to rise above a lot of that. Yeah, I think you'd have to be. Um, and honestly, Tanya, I can tell that you are the woman behind the man, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 you keep your family going. That and that's such a hard job to do when your husband's gone and. And here he he takes a lot of the you know the fame and the positive and, and you're home working so hard and I have to tell you I have such a, you inspire me okay so all these people who are inspired by Mo I want you to know that a lot of moms are looking up to you right now for all that that you do it really does mean a lot that people notice that and thank you um, it's I think it's I've never really expected that that credit and. Um, and and I, I don't know appreciation for it, but it's 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 so nice when it gets recognised because I sometimes forget what I do. I'm, I guess like I said earlier I feel like I'm on a treadmill of life and I've been on it for so many years now doing this and just keeping things going that sometimes I forget how how tough it is and um, it I, I, when I'm reminded of, of of you know the teamwork that we both put in it sort of reminds me that it's it's all been worth it in the end and. And yeah, it's nice to be recognized for that because it is tough behind the scenes, but you know, we do it, we do it as a team. Sure. Absolutely. Do you have any tips for all these moms listening? Like, obviously you have four kids. There's tough days for you. I am sure there are some very tough days and there's all of moms, you know, we all have tough days out there. What, what's sort of your tip for getting through those harder days? Oh gosh, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a few things I like, do you know what my number one thing when I'm having a really bad day is I take a, a short nap. And for me, that just tends to refresh my mind uh, from whatever it is that's bothering me. But um, also just trying to take time for yourself. And I think self care is, is probably the thing I've learned the most in the last couple of years and how important that is, especially when you have kids. Um, because you know, if you're not right, then obviously you're not going to be able to do anything right. And the kids you know, we'll, we'll feel that. So, um, just know that it is, it is always going to be tough. Um, there, I mean, there are always going to be tough times and that's the same for everyone. We're all in the same boat. No, no, I don't think anybody goes through life without challenges, but uh, what I try and tell myself is it is going to get better. It isn't going to stay that way. Um, and sometimes I just need to take a step back, maybe take the day off, yeah. find a way yeah. to take a step back and just breathe. Yeah. And, and hope that the next day is going to be better. And, and it usually is. So, I mean, there's no real answer to it because everyone has a, a, a different, you know, different struggles and different ways of dealing with it. But I think just staying positive and knowing that it is going to get better, it won't stay like that forever. Right, right. It's kind of like a bad training day. You just have to stay positive. Yes. <laughs> and it will turn around. Well, honestly, Tanya, I see you as a, a role model for moms. Uh, you're fit. You're so strong. I, I see your videos lately of you running, you know, on Instagram. And I can see you have a strong, fit body. I can tell from this interview you're you're strong in mind and heart. How does it feel to know that, that women are starting to look up to you? It's nice because I think we all need someone to look up to. And I, I honestly never thought that would happen um, because I'm not really, I don't see myself as an elite 
um, anything really. I just, I'm just a, a woman trying to work hard and, and, and challenge myself at something that I never saw myself being good at before. And so, um, I kind of like that I'm able to provide that for people because I know I, I need that myself as well from, from others. And it drives me, I get motivated the same way when I look at others doing it. So, um, it's nice. And if I'm able to help motivate people to push themselves further and do better then it's brilliant because that's that's what we all need, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if Mo is, is the Olympian of running, you are the Olympian of moms. <laughs> wow, that's um, nice title. Tell everybody, what is your handle on Instagram so they can follow you? Uh, it's Tanya Farah 86 all right, because and please keep posting because I love I love watching and I think that your your fan base is about to to really explode. Oh well, thanks. I'm not the best at posting, as you might tell. I'm not consistent, but um, I will try my best to, to post. Yeah, more. keep post. Well, you're a little bit busy, so I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just talk. I like to just do a, a few fun questions to finish it off. Um, what is your favorite movie? Oh, do you know what? My favorite movie is still one from my childhood, believe it or not, Braveheart with uh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> absolutely, a classic. What is your favorite book? Uh, there's one, I don't know, the, is it Daniel Steele? The, um, the Arab Princess, I can't remember the exact title, but it's about an, um, Saudi Arabian, it's a true story. Uh, it's, about, it's the life story of a um, Saudi Arabian princess. Oh, good one. What is your favorite food? Um, jerk chicken, it's Jamaican, jerk chicken with rice and peas. <laughs> yeah, yum. What's your favorite thing to do with your kids? Uh, take them to the park. And what is your favorite way to spend a Sunday when Mo is home? Um, sit, having a Sunday roast dinner and watching movies. Oh, that's nice. Uh, this one's kind of a deep one, but you don't have to go too deep. But if you could change one thing in this world, what would it be? Mm. Can, can I say people's kindness? I just want everyone to be kind. <laughs> I totally hear you on that. That's actually beautiful, and it's so true. We could use a little more kindness in this world. Definitely. Well, Tanya, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to be on the Earn That Body podcast today. Um, I uh, look forward to seeing – well, I don't know that I'll get to see Mo. I'm running Chicago Marathon as well. Uh, he, he might be a little ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you've entered it, so good luck for you, and I'm sure it'll be great. Thank you. My son, though, he, he of course, is going to watch Mo. He will be there at uh, the finish line or as close as he can go. He he won't even be there to see me finish because he has to get to the airport. <laughs> but he said, but I'll get to see the pros. I'll get to see Mo finish. That, that's definitely important to him. So he will be there. And if, if I don't say this, uh, the boys will kill me. But my son, Charlie, and as I said, his friend, Taylor and Evan, they are all rooting for Mo. They are some of his biggest fans. So please let Mo know. But most importantly, Tanya, uh, keep up the good work. Keep inspiring women. Stay strong and, and do let us know the next time you're going to race so that we can all cheer for you. I will do. I'll keep posting as often as I can. And thank you for having me. It's been great talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. And there you have it. Tanya Farah, she is so awesome. Thank you, Tanya, so much for being on the Earn That Body podcast. I hope you're all inspired and I hope you can see that no matter what, as moms, we do, we get so busy 
And at no point did Tanya say, it's easy raising four kids by herself most of the time. But what she did say is she's making it happen each and every day. She still gets her workouts in and she sees those workouts as a a relief for herself. That's something that she can look forward to. And that is definitely something that I used to do as well when my son was young and I was a single mom. I used to look forward to my workouts for some of that alone time and it's okay. I never want a mom to feel guilty for needing that time, especially when it comes to getting herself fit and healthy. And Tanya is certainly doing that. Now, another takeaway that I really got from this interview is the tip that she got from her husband. Always stay positive, right? He's telling her no matter what happens in a training day, always stay positive. And honestly, some of the most successful people I always hear about are always the ones who stay positive. So Tanya, thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for telling us one of Mo's little secrets about staying positive because I think it relates to all areas of our life. It is clearly working for Tanya. And I know for myself, I'm gonna start even adding more positivity to my day, whether it's just a bad day, a bad training, or whatever it might be. Let's all take Mo Farah's advice and keep it positive. Thanks again, Tanya. And everyone, if you'd like to follow Tanya on Instagram, I will post her handle on the show notes. If you want to find the show notes, just go to earnthatbody.com, go over to the podcast tab, and scroll on down to this exact podcast, number 156, and I will make sure to have her handle there. Thanks so much, everyone. See you next week. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com. Or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.